In the last few days, the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria, or ISIS, has again been in the news with new militants flocking to its banner and the USA and its allies inflicting airstrikes upon it. This week, we take a look at ISIS in the light of Bible prophecy to see if there is any indication of its role in the latter days. Since the rise of the power of ISIS, Bible students have been pondering if the Bible hints at the rise of such a power in the Middle East before the return of Christ. Will this small group be a stepping stone in order to gather the nations to Armageddon? Or is there a larger part for ISIS to play? Time, of course, will be the interpreter. However, it is interesting to consider some of the Bible prophecies which could link to the rise of ISIS and how this could bring about the great crisis of events in the latter days that prelude the manifestation of the Lord Jesus Christ to the world. So who are ISIS? Well, ISIS are a group of Sunni Muslim militia fighting to establish a caliphate in the area around Syria and Iraq. They believe in Shia law and that infidels should be destroyed. They are led by an Iraqi called Abu Barak al-Baghdadi and were originally an an al-Qaeda group in Iraq, which joined in the Syrian civil war. They are incredibly violent and were so bloodthirsty and brutal that even al-Qaeda have now disavowed them. Having gained control of territory in Syria and Iraq, they are well armed, obtaining weapons from the areas they have taken. They are also quite wealthy, as they have in their possession oil refineries which are still operational. So does this group have a part to play in the unfolding of events towards Armageddon? Well, one cannot be 100% certain, but there are some interesting things in our scriptures that this group could relate to. The first prophecy we want to consider is that of Ezekiel 38, which helps to set the scene of the great crisis soon to unfold onto the world stage. Here, we have a prophecy which is specified to take place in the latter days, as we read in verse 16 and 8. This time period is helpfully defined in the prophecy to leave us in no doubt that these are the days that we live in. For it states in verse 8 that the prophecy is to do with the land that is brought back from the sword and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste, but it is brought forth out of the nations and they shall dwell safely, all of them. In other words, the latter days is a period when the Jews have returned to their land. The prophecy speaks of a great war which takes place against the people of Israel before God acts to save them, verse 18. The reason for this action is also stated by God. Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself and I will be known in the eyes of many nations and they shall know that I am the Lord, verse 23. In the prophecy we read, of two sets of nations. Unlike other prophecies, which can be quite general, we are given the specific names of them here in Ezekiel. They are ancient names, contemporary with the prophet Ezekiel, and so we have to look back into history to find and define what areas these ancient names now correspond to in modern times. 
one set of nations is headed up by a man called Gog in verse 2. He is the prince of Rosh, Meshech and Tubal, all ancient names for the territory of Russia. Allied with Gog are also other nations, Persia, modern Iran, Ethiopia, modern-day Sudan and Libya of North Africa are mentioned in verse 5. In verse 6 we read of Goma, a nation of Western Europe out of which the Gauls came around the area of modern France and also Tugama, which is the area of Armenia and southern Turkey. Therefore, Bible students have long watched Russia, as we expect to see it gathering its military might so that these events can take place. It has been exciting to watch the military reforms which are ongoing in Russia, and the huge increase in military spending and developments that Putin has instigated. The crisis in Crimea and in the Ukraine, witness to the fact that Russia does have the stomach for conflict. It's also been exciting to witness the recent alliance of Russia and Iran. A recent news article in ICEJ was entitled, quote, Russia sends West warning by signing nuclear deal with Iran, end quote. And the article began, quote, in a development that stunned many observers in Israel and the West, Russia signed an agreement with Iran on Tuesday, which could possibly see the Islamic Republic enriching domestically produced fuel for its own nuclear reactions, undercutting Western efforts to discourage the practice, end quote. And that was dated 12th of November, 2014. This alliance between Russia and Iran is exactly in accordance with Bible prophecy, as we can see Gog being allied with Persia. And we can see Russia also allied with Libya and the Sudan. The other set of nations we read of in verse 13, Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions thereof. This set of nations challenges Gog's advance, and so they are clearly not part of the alliance which Gog sets up. Sheba and Dedan are the ancient names of the people in the Gulf, and Tarshish is the ancient trading power which has been identified with Britain and her now independent colonies, such as the USA. See Bible in the News, January 18th, 2013. It is interesting to note that it is these nations who are currently collaborating against ISIS under the leadership of the USA. This week, The Guardian reported on Wednesday that, quote, US-led forces conduct 23 airstrikes against ISIS positions in Syria and Iraq, end quote. Last week, airstrikes had been carried out, and it was thought in the media that the leader of ISIS, Abu Barak al-Baghdadi may have been killed. However, in the news on the 13th of November, the BBC reported that Baghdadi was alive and had issued a message in an article entitled, quote, Islamic State Baghdadi Message Issued by Jihadists, end quote. The report stated, quote, the recording calls on ISIS supporters to erupt volcanoes of jihad across the world, he disparages opponents of ISIS as Jews, Crusaders, 
apostates and devils and says the US and its allies are terrified, weak and powerless, end quote. But not only are the US alliance against ISIS, but so are the Russians. Last month, The Independent had an article entitled, quote, Chechnyan ISIS fighters under Omar al-Shushani threaten to take fight to Putin, end quote. The article states, quote, ISIS Chechnyan military commander has threatened that Russia will be the group's next target. Omar al-Shushani phoned his father back in Georgia's Pankiksi Gorge, saying that he would have revenge on Vladimir Putin, end quote. On Monday, the 13th of October last month, Al-Arabiya had a news story entitled, quote, ISIS's Chechnyans pose a serious threat to Russia, end quote. Now, Ezekiel 38 does not mention another power such as ISIS in the Middle East at the time of the invasion of Gog into Israel. We get the idea of two separate sets of nations. And so this must be the state of things just before that invasion takes place. However, we do seem to have a prophecy that indicates uh, perhaps a third power will exist in the outworking of events that lead up to Ezekiel 38 taking place, that lead up to the outworking of events before God acts to save his people. This is the prophecy found in Numbers chapter 24. And the words of the unwilling prophet Balaam. The story of Balaam is an unusual one. It does not seem he was of God's people of Israel, but it does seem that God was working with him, compelling him through inspiration to speak God's words. Balaam was invited by a Midian king, Balak, to curse Israel. However, Balaam was unable to speak words of cursing as God only allowed him to utter words of blessing upon Israel. Amongst the things Balaam speaks of is a set of prophecies about the surrounding nations of Israel which connect with the same time period we have looked at in Ezekiel 38, the latter days. For example, in chapter 24 of Numbers and verse 14 we read, And now, behold, I, Balaam, go unto my people, come therefore, and I will advertise thee, Balak, what this people shall do to thy people in the latter days. The prophet then utters a prophecy about various events connected with Balak's people. But in connection with what we have been looking at here, he states, Alas, who shall live when God doeth this? And ships shall come from the coast of Kittim, and shall afflict Ashur, and shall afflict Eber, and he also shall perish forever. Numbers 24, verses 23 to 24. Now in this verse, as with most Bible prophecy about the latter days, ancient names of places are used. Kittim is an ancient name for Cyprus. Eber was the ancestor of the race of the Hebrews, Israel. The name Ashur is what is of most interest to us, though. 
According to Smith's Bible Dictionary, Ashur, quote, was a great and powerful country lying on the Tigris, Genesis 2.14, the capital of which was Nineveh, Genesis 10, verse 11. It derived its name apparently from Ashur, the son of Shem, Genesis 10.22, who in later times was worshipped by the Assyrians as their chief god. In the Hebrew, the word translated Ashur is the same word translated elsewhere as Assyria. Ashur is an actual city located 110 kilometers south of Mosul and 280 kilometers north of Baghdad. It was one of the capital cities of ancient Assyria and its remains are situated today on the western bank of the river Tigris in modern-day Iraq in the Al-Shirak district. Putting this together then, we can interpret the meaning of what God, through Balaam, has said would happen in the latter days. To paraphrase, alas, who shall live when God doeth this, and ships shall come from the coasts of Cyprus, and shall afflict Assyria, and shall afflict Israel, and he also shall perish forever. The interesting thing here is that we have an invading force termed he at the end, taking Cyprus and then coming from Cyprus and afflicting Israel and Assyria. This invading force surely connects with Ezekiel 38 and the hordes of Gog. The ancient Assyrians, though, held the territory between the Tigris and the Euphrates, the exact same territory that Isis is dominating today. Do we have a reference here to Isis as a power which sits on the territory of ancient Assyria? Are we being told that Russia will invade this territory before Gog has an evil thought, Ezekiel 38 verse 10, to come against Israel? When Gog takes this territory of Assyria, as this prophecy seems to indicate, he will then become the Assyria of the latter days, the king of the north of Daniel chapter 11. When we turn to Daniel chapter 11, we get more details given to us of these events. Daniel chapter 11 verses 40 to 45. And at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships. And he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. He shall enter also into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown. But these shall escape out of his hand, even Edom and Moab and the chief of the children of Ammon. He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. But he shall have power over the treasures of gold and of silver, and over all the precious things of Egypt. And the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps." But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore he shall go forth with great fury to destroy, and utterly to make away, away many. And he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas in the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end, and none shall help him. So we see here then the same story. An invasion from the north, the invasion of Gog. Many ships, we are told, will be coming with him. 
And this surely links in with the Numbers 24 prophecy as the island of Kittim or Cyprus in the Mediterranean becomes the naval base of the invasion of Israel and Ashur. We also see here the invading force takes the land of Egypt, which shall not escape. The question, why would Russia invade Egypt, is one which we look forward to being answered if we are privileged to see events unfold. However, perhaps this will also have a connection to ISIS somehow. This week on Monday, the 10th of November, The Guardian ran a report entitled Egyptian Jihadis Pledge Allegiance to ISIS. It stated, Egypt's most active jihadi group, Ansar Biet al-Madias, has disclosed its allegiance to Islamic State, becoming one of the largest militant bodies to pledge loyalty to ISIS outside its strongholds in Iraq and Syria. In a nine-minute audio recording released earlier on Monday, a spokesman for ABM said, In accordance with the teachings of the Prophet, we announce our allegiance to the Caliphate and call on Muslims everywhere to do the same. The message attempted to justify its pledge by alluding to violations of the Egyptians by the Egyptian state, which has cracked down on most forms of opposition over the last year, in particular in the region where ABM is based, end quote. It's also interesting to note that this week, again, the Guardian reported on Monday the 10th uh, of November, quote, the leaders of Greece, Cyprus and Egypt signed an agreement in Cairo on Saturday to boost energy cooperation, end quote. And we all know how Russia likes to control the energy markets. So this may be another reason for them sweeping down to take out the ISIS militants in Egypt and also perhaps to gain control of some of that energy between Cyprus and Egypt. However, we know that the invasion that will take place will not be successful. In Numbers 24, we have read that he also shall perish forever. In Daniel 11, we have read, yet he shall come to his end and none shall help him. And in Ezekiel 38, we have read that they shall know that I am the Lord, that I am Yahweh. We hope then that we have shown that maybe, hidden in the pages of the scriptures for thousands of years, the current situation we see in the world today with an antagonistic power sitting on the territory of ancient Assyria was foreseen by the prophets. Indeed, the scene is being set for the great climax of events which will end with the visible intervention in human affairs by God Almighty through the work of his Son and saints. This is the end picture we know will come to pass, for we have the assurance of God himself through the wonderful promises he has caused in his mercy to be recorded in his holy scriptures. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, But that at the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith, says Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3. And indeed the signs abound as we look up from our Bibles. 
Let us therefore live by our faith in humble service to God and not lift up ourselves in pride. This has been Matt Davies. Join us again next week for another Bible in the news, God willing.